who are you? And what, what's what's your dragon connection? So my name's Satara Faye. I um, I actually used to run a year long mastermind training program for intuitive entrepreneurs. I still yeah. do intuitive entrepreneur coaching. Um, but Araya Onra was one of my clients. Um, and I saw that she's here and she's the dragon lady. Um, I actually was first introduced. I'm an earth dragon, Chinese Zodiac. I was born in 88. So I've always resonated with that to a certain extent. And then, um, I was speaking at a psychic conference in Texas with a woman named Patty Negri, who is the top ranked psychic through the American Federation of Certified Psychics and Mediums. She was the first one that actually introduced me to connecting with dragon energy and like taking care of dragons as pets, as like in your, in your world sort of thing. Um, And so that was my first intro to it. And then I started working with Araya and, and my whole thing has been the earth angels program. So I channel angels. That was actually how my channeling like really started opening up was working with archangels. Um, and through working with Araya, it was like, we, we had extremely powerful sessions one-to-one sessions it was so clear that there was an interweaving between the dragons and the archangels so then we just kind of started our own personal exploration of how those consciousness like work together um she and i also had gone back to dragon lifetimes that's why i'm wearing my dragon eye pendant right now that's Um, beautiful yes and And so it really started opening up just like really an incredible field for me of connecting with that energy being that I was already familiar with the angels. So then I was like, well, if the angels are there and I've already definitely connected in that way, like what else is possible? Um, And then I, I started channeling light language in March of 2020, like right when the pandemic was starting. I had to understand what the heck was going on. Like it was my third, my, my first big awakening was developing my psychic abilities and accepting that because I was born a medium. So it was like, okay, like I need to figure this out. The second big yeah. one was when my, my wings came out and I started becoming very aware of the consciousness of my wings and how to use them. Um, and then the big, the third big one was channeling light language. And so I'd have lightning bolts shooting through my feet I started trying to figure out because I'd already was familiar with the Pleiadians, the Syrians, the Arcturians. And so I was like, where is this? Where are these codes coming from? I couldn't quite put my finger on it. And so I started asking my guides to lead me to answers, you know, started going through exploration. And Google is such a great ally for that kind of stuff, like that divine information that, okay, thank you, found the link. Um, So I started connecting with Hathor. And it was like, I would just read and truth chills were flowing through my body. Um, I then got introduced to the book, The Sophia Code and the Hathor chapter really rang through for me. And then of course, the Seraphim Dragon Tribe is a huge part of that. And so it was another layer of connecting with dragons. Dragons have protected me from reptilians. Dragons have come in and cleansed my spirit, my soul from different karmic patterns that were going on. They helped me understand what false light is um, through some very just crazy experiences that I've had with other people and channelers and that sort of thing. And how do we discern through distortions of what can we trust and what can we not trust? And dragons have just always been such a strong, like piercing ally of this does not belong, this does. Uh, And so I've learned to just trust that implicitly. Wow, beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, how what would you like to share, sort of, to the audience? Have you got something you want to channel, or do you want to share some stories? How would you like to play that? Okay, so there's there is a story that's coming up that is pretty interesting. I was mm. doing a session with Araya. Um, this was years ago. Had this pendant on. I've always had a really, really strong connection with my father, unlike any other connection and not just, you know, because he's my dad, but that there's, there's a very, very strong energetic connection that I couldn't quite put my finger on. And there's a couple of other people in my life that I've met that I felt that instantaneous connection to. 
And through this experience that I had with Araya, it kind of ex explained what that was. Um, she, and she and I had done all sorts of past life exploration and all sorts of what I like to call cosmic field trips. We were very comfortable in the space, very trusting of each other, knew that we could explore really comfortably. But what ended up happening was she brought me into a past life experience, but a past life experience of being a dragon. And we went to, as we were astral traveling and, and connecting with this information, we went to a, a lifetime, a planet, and there was a very clear, the memory that came to me was being a dragon, having left the planet to go on some sort of mission, which was not disclosed in this memory, but went on some sort of mission. And when we came back to the planet, the planet was completely like burnt to a crisp, completely obliterated. So our family, our friends, like everything was just destroyed. And it was in that moment that I went back and I, I just burst into tears and I was sobbing what felt like dragon tears of that lifetime and this awareness like, okay, well, these aren't the tears of the egoic consciousness. It is me and my personality, but these were like deep soulful tears, a deep soulful cleansing of understanding. Um, like it, it made everything a lot more real. It wasn't just like, woo, dragons, woo, angels, woo, fairies. It was like, oh my gosh, like if my heart can be pouring out the intensity of these emotions and it feels so viscerally real and my brain can't really comprehend but my body is having this full release then it actually led me into an understanding that there's something a lot more real to what we were connecting to um it it made it feel more embodied and more connected and i think it's also it was a major step for me in trusting dragons and trusting the dragon energy and trusting what all of that you know is and also how to connect with dragons as allies i think yeah. that we can you know kind of put angels on a pedestal and these ascended beings on pedestals but when we when we recognize that like we have come from these realms we have airdropped into these bodies we are the ones that have volunteered to be humans in this lifetime that it isn't so far outside of us it's a it's a matter of remembering that these are our tribe these are our family this is the people that we are so or people loose term but people that we are associated with um and, and so a lot of my work i talk about accessing the soul memories and those soul memories for me come from this experience of the dragons I've also had the memory of stepping forward and volunteering for this life. I was in, I was in a space, it was all consciousness, it was all energy, but I was in a space where we were aware that there were different consciousnesses in the room. There were different kind of, we'll say separations in the field that was me, you, but it was all one field. And I remember being, it was like a life came through into this room and it was, who wants to take this one? And I remembered stepping forward and, you know, like reading, let's say the manuscript <laughs> sort of thing and, and identifying with that and saying, I will take this one. And so it's, it's those memories that sometimes can feel like, oh, I had a vision or a premonition, but when, when I've had these memories and this 12, maybe not 12 years ago, like I'd say like eight years ago, Time gets distorted, but <laughs> a long time ago, I, I connected to that and really began to understand like my purpose and my mission here in this world and that I'm not getting out without fulfilling my mission. It actually made me more, um, more prone to risky activities, riding a motorcycle a little bit faster than I should, jumping off higher cliffs, like that sort of just, because I'm like, I'm not dying. I know I'm not dying. I know that that's not the thing because the mission has not been fulfilled. And even then, because I have those memories, I know where I'm going beyond this body. I know what the experience of death can be. And I've talked to, as a medium, I've talked to enough people, we'll say on the other side. I don't particularly like that phrase, but I think it's a common understanding um, that, that that connection to what is beyond this earthly body and this earthly experience uh is beautiful and it and it's a doorway and so all of those kind of memories and experiences combined have really helped me find 
a lot of solace in my heart and determination and ambition to show up in the world in the way that I really, really feel called that helps move through any doubt, any sort of skepticism, any sort of self-judgment or any of that. Um, and to be able to talk about dragons very plainly and know that I'm not crazy. <laughs> Beautiful. And you, you were, you're talking about the angels and the dragons. How did they sort of, how do they merge? I've, I've personally, I've not met many angels at all. I, I, my whole world is like dragons. <laughs> so yeah. I'd be very interested in that, in that, how they interact and even if they do. So as I understand it, the dragons are, they're like the first, we'll say separation of Sophia consciousness. So the consciousness that is mother, father, God, the creatrix of all life is that the dragons are the ones that start to birth souls and start to birth that first step of separation from the consciousness that is God, however you see that energy. So the seraphim specifically, they're like, we'll say the highest ranking or we'll say closest to God. And so as they're birthing form into reality, as I understand it, the angelic realm and the angels are messengers. So they are the ones that can actually interact with us. I think a little bit easier than the dragons, although dragons are a huge part of the earth. I'm an earth dragon. So they're a huge part of, of the earth plane here. Uh, but simultaneously, I do think that angels might be a little bit more accessible, but that's also because I was raised Christian. I'm sure Buddhist and Chinese philosophy, there's dragons everywhere. They connect with dragon energy. They know the power of dragons. A golden dragon has not gone anywhere. Like They're there. They're alive and well. So I think part of that is just also my own upbringing. Uh, but as as we see dragons, it's like dragons are power. We have angels as wisdom. And so there's just kind of a different frequency in which they come in at and different, I would say specialties. And, he, and, and even some of that like comes down to let's say personality. And what I will say is that the farther I've gone on my journey of connecting with these energies, the more I recognize that they that there is no separation between us and the consciousness that is them. It's that we are, we are the emanations of one another looking back to each other. And so again, that it, it removes the pedestal and mm. the pedestal that creates that kind of separation that thinks, you know, that we have to ascend to a certain frequency or a certain consciousness to be in that way. And what I would say to that is that the ascending to the consciousness that allows you to understand that if those frequencies live and breathe inside you in the, in the sense that if I can remember my, if I can remember being in the angelic realm, if I've been able to access the energy of my wings and my favorite thing to do in this world is to introduce earth angels to their wings and access those memories and turn that on. It's like that moment is there's nothing like it. Um, and so it, it's, it's being able to not just know and comprehend, but to be able to resonate to the frequency that is that consciousness itself. And so I would say the more that I have explored in this way, the more I identify and realize that even ascended masters like Mother Mary and even ascended masters like Green Tara, that as we're able to connect with them and their emanations, it's that they hold qualities within themselves that we also embody because we are associated to the divine genome. My brand is called Monad. So Monad is the indivisible spark of divine consciousness that exists at the core of all living beings. So it's, it's that indivisible spark in the Sophia code, they reference it as the divine genome. But it's that frequency that is at the core of all living beings that is the seed of Sophia consciousness. So as we are transmitting information from our heart space or our life experience back to Sophia, Sophia is an ever evolving consciousness in and of itself. So there's constant feedback that's going back universally and how we're all evolving together. Uh, and so the connection between like angels and dragons. Yes, they are the separations in the sense that you are you and I am me. 
and also that I am a reflection of Sophia consciousness looking back to you in the sense that you are a reflection of Sophia consciousness looking back to me. So in the unison of how they work, if we think of dragons as birthing creation into form, protection, power, then the angels are also the wisdom and the messengers. They're sharing information, they're guiding, they're shortcutting, but we have to let them in. We have to be the ones that activate our free will and say, yes, I'm here to receive help. Yes, thank you, I accept. Yes, like let's continue to open path and basically develop a very clear and conscious partnership with what we're creating and what we're capable of doing with their support hmm. in both right. senses with the angels and dragons. Yeah. And, and you talk about opening up and, and, and receiving that. If you've got some advice for people that have, have got a feeling that there's maybe angels and dragons around them, but they've still got that mentality that, oh, they don't exist. Have you got some advice for people how to open up to, to that, that energy? Yeah. Stop drinking alcohol. First things first, stop drinking alcohol, pharmaceuticals, opiates, these sorts of things are going to block your channels. Um, digital detoxes, your phone is completely destroying your imagination and your clairvoyance, your ability to see, especially if you're looking at your phone and devices at night. The biggest, the biggest clarity that I always have is when I'm doing uh, some form of a digital detox, even if it's just limiting like no technology after eight, no technology before 8 a.m., that's when I have the most clarity. That's when things are absolutely just focused and pristine. Alcohol is a big one. So same with weed. Like when people are smoking weed, especially like before they go to bed or that sort of thing, and they think it's just helping them sleep, it's killing your connection to your astral body. Like you, you, that's why a lot of people that smoke weed don't remember their dreams. Some right. people do, but a lot don't. And so if you're doing things that are clouding your channels, your ability to connect is just like you're literally putting fog on the line. So if you want to, and, and I am a, a huge advocate of responsible use of psychedelics and microdosing and that sort of thing, because those will open the bridges to the dimensions that are existing with us at all times. They'll open the bridges. It's like they kind of show you the map of how to get there. And then once you've been there, you know the way and you can embody that sober. Um, so there are certain ways in that, but again, it's like absolutely in a responsible setting, set in setting, not like, you know, taking a bunch of acid and going to a rave. It's a different experience. Like you're putting yourself in a lot of dense and dark energy. So if you're out in nature, you're with people that know what they're doing. Um, there's even ketamine therapy that now is starting to open up. There's a lot of really powerful ways that we can open up those channels using substances. Now, aside from that, putting all of that aside and away, part of it is simply the desire to be able to do so. And most people have a lot of fear around that. Like for instance, when I, I was introduced to Palladians probably when I was like 24 and I started connecting with that as our star families. When I started channeling light language, my periphery of the universal intelligence like just blasted wide open. I was seeing ships constantly. I had different races coming and talking to me. That discernment of who's here in, in my highest good and who's not started to turn up. But even then, like I've had different layers of fear that I and, and self-doubt and is this real that I've had to move through at every single step. So to be open and to connect, there has to be a desire and there has to be a willingness to receive the information and the guidance that's there without trying to control it. If you think that it's supposed to look in a certain way, then you're you're fogging the channel. You're not allowing it to come through. So it is about creating a, a clear vessel for this information to come in. And some of it has to do with human design. Some of it has to do with, you know, how, what lifetimes have you had that certain people have a, a more open predisposition to channeling and that sort of thing. Like I was born a medium, but I do believe that mediumship is something that we can learn. Uh, it, it, these are things that if we have had lifetimes of experiences of developing these kind of magical incarnations, then we also have 
the capacity and the capabilities in this lifetime to also advance that. And as I was sharing with you, I've been recording a summit and the summit that I'm curating is it's called beyond the physical. So it's communicating with people who are teachers of human development, uh, leading edge of human consciousness, and also the digital world and digital revolution. And how are we able to use these resources in a way that benefit? And so one of those things I really believe is that as human consciousness is expanding, our technological capabilities are also expanding and what's accessible to how we can use them and not be so afraid of them. Um, and so, there, there are ways in which we continue to ascend also in our own maturity. And so that's a huge, 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 huge part of it. Because if you're a novice or you're naive to opening yourself up to channeling the potentials and possibilities that you have to opening yourself to beings that are not in your highest good. And part of that is like, angels will never come into your field and try to control you never they will never come into your field and tell you what to do and guide your thoughts and actions they'll give you messages they'll tell you things you like you would having you know a conversation with friends but if if there is an openness and too much of an <clears throat> of an openness then what can happen is you basically give up your sovereignty you give up your autonomy and you make a deal with a being that you don't necessarily know very well, who also has a more bird's eye, broad view perspective of what's going on. Um, and that kind of entity removal does take a specialist. It absolutely takes an experienced specialist to remove that type of attachment and connection. Um, and everything is undoable. I'll say that everything is undoable. You just have to find the right people that can actually help you disconnect. And so if you have a wounding, like a deep core wounding that has not been reconciled and you start trying to go and like open yourself to all these beings and all sorts of weird stuff, you're asking, you're asking for some hard lessons. You're asking for some really bad days and like in a really not pleasant and not fun way. Uh, alcohol and weed are two things that will also just reinforce those blind spots and let them live in your consciousness without you even knowing as like parasitic energies. So that was a, a very broad answer, but you have to be careful. Like you do have to be careful. It's not, it's not a thing that you want to go in just blind and like, woo, I'm channeling angels and woo, because there are, there's impersonators. Like you go to Vegas, you see the impersonators of Michael Jackson and Britney Spears and all this. There are impersonators of archangels. And if you are not clear on how to discern what is an angelic frequency and what is someone or something that looks like it, similar to false light, false light is like, it's like a Bali Gucci bag. <laughs> false light is like, we know that there is light energy, light energy, authentic light energy is heart centered and embodied. It's heart centered and embodied. So when we look at light energy and light energy that makes us feel like ooh and euphoric and like ooh I'm high and I'm kind of drunk on like all these energies that's not real light that's not embodied light that's not the consciousness of Sophia or Christ consciousness or Buddha consciousness that is these impersonator sort of things and what will happen is in that false light um it it creates a distortion and i'm pointing around here because it happens around your crown chakra so it creates a distortion around your crown where you then quite can't see it like i do not work with white light a lot of people work with white. i do not work with white light you don't have to use it it's just the bottom line can you use it yeah but if you don't know what you're doing with white light i've had to do a lot more healings on people with white light than i've seen it working for them in their good so we want to be very like clear and aware with what information are we taking in and what information are we gullible and believing just to the end of the world uh, without using our own discernment. So first step a thousand times over is embodiment. Get in your body. This took me a few years. I had so much pain, so much trauma, so much deep, 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 deep wounding from childhood and early adolescence that I, I was what I call an escape artist. I was like, how can I black out? How can I do all the drugs? How can I get out of my body? It's super painful here. I don't want to be here. 
And so for me to get in my body and learn what it actually felt like to be in my body, it took years and it took years of healing and clearing out just layers and layers of pain and trauma that wanted me to, to be out. And so it wasn't until I really started addressing the pain and addressing the subconscious wounding that I experienced in childhood and doing a lot of inner child healing and all that sort of stuff that I was really able to start opening my awareness to what's here. And so like 10 out of 10 to channel without full and clear embodiment and to know what is your energy, how you're sitting in your body, what other energies are there in your body, um again you're asking for trouble so you want to be clear you want to be conscious you want to be present you also want to be very discerning you want to interview who's here and really get clear on what their intention is in connecting with you Mm. makes total sense (laughs) yes yeah there's so many people out there just i want it all give me it all i mean it's like like light language i mean can you talk about light language a bit because i've got so many people that are saying how do i how do i get light language i want it mainly because i think it's cool but how how what would you say about light language to people i mean it's cool what i will say (laughs) is i was not looking for it at all at all i was like I was like, us magical people, we all have our own lane, right? Like, those are the astrology readers. Those are the tarot readers. I know a little bit of both. I wouldn't say that I, like, I wouldn't advertise that I do either one. Like, we all have our own lane. I'm like, I'm a psychic. I do extractions. I help people connect with entities. I'm a medium. That's my lane. Well, I had a former client of mine that was doing Facebook Lives, and she had a woman that spoke light language on it. And from my own personal judgment, she didn't, she wasn't very grounded in the sense that it was like, oh, and I was like, where is she going? Like, what is she looking at? What is happening here? Um, and so I had just judgments about it. I was like, no, nope, that's what they do. Well, I was working one day and I was on my computer and I just heard, put your computer down. We have something to show you. Super common for me. So I listen. I put in uh, a meditation on YouTube. I think it happened to be a light language meditation, but it was kind of more of um, just music. And then after that, it was like a requested video of like, what is light language sort of thing. It was like five minutes long. So I was like, okay, I'll listen to it. Full blown activation, full blown. I went from not speaking it at all to a matter of 10 minutes. I could not stop channeling. I couldn't stop moving my mouth to the point where like my tongue, the sides of my tongue got raw. And I I just like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop it from flowing. Me trying to hold it in what it took way more energy and effort than to just let it move through. And then that night I, I had a very lucid dream. I Archangel Michael and Jesus were on the left side of my bed. And then there were like these demonic entities on the right side of my bed. From what I could tell, were like fighting for my soul sort of thing. And I was like, oh my God. And I just had like blasts of lightning shooting through my feet. And I knew that there was something that was really strong. But in the sense that I had mentors when I was developing my psychic abilities, which I highly recommend. There's a very clear difference between a trained psychic and an untrained psychic. Um, and also when I started developing my wings and connecting to that consciousness, I had people that were already a little bit further on the path. So I could ask questions, know that I wasn't going crazy. When I started channeling light language, I did not have anyone like in my field that I knew that had been channeling. I started reaching out to a few or I'd start sharing it in my videos and people be like, oh, like I started channeling that when I was eight years old in the church and speaking in tongues. And so I started to just kind of explore a little bit more what I believe with light language, because some people I've also seen some people do it and they're like trying to do all these hand things. And like the thing about light language is it is felt. Can people like blah, 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 and like try to make something up for sure. But if you're not feeling it, there's something off. And the thing with it also is like in the new age community, there's a lot of wounding and there's a lot of things that go on for show from an egoic place. 
that's like where people desire to be on a pedestal and it comes from a wounding of low self-worth. So again, when it comes to like identifying and connecting with light language and do I really want to speak light language? One, it's a huge responsibility. I, I'm, it's a huge responsibility in the sense that like the information that has started coming to me and the beings that I'm now connecting with on many multi-dimensional planes that are a part of, they have been a part of my reality and they've been a part of my soul consciousness for an extremely long time, but still my human mental awareness, and I consider myself a professional in this field, still my mental awareness gets kind of freaked out by it. And because I've had really traumatic experiences connecting with the wrong beings, non-benevolent beings that did not have my highest good and how it throws off my life and like all sorts of other things. I've had to go through like these very high dimensional washing machines to learn these lessons, to speak these things. And so that's also where finding somebody that has gone farther on the path than you have that knows how to shortcut it and knows how to be like, you know, don't eat that plant, it's poison oak or don't he, you know, that, that knows something you want to have a guide that knows what they're doing when you're kind of traversing in this way. So the light language, as I believe it, it comes through when the egoic consciousness is ready. And some of that comes through, especially in children, because they don't have the mental and egoic constructs of what that is. And so I believe that it came through me in that way because I've cultivated and I've curated enough embodiment to be able to hold the frequency of the codes. Like I am holding the frequency of the codes and the embodiment of the codes just by my presence. And so that, that has taken, like I'm talking 10 years of dedicated practice and that, that doesn't have to be the case for everybody, but I have been unwaveringly dedicated to this path and to my abilities since I stepped on it when I was 21. And so there is a foundation that has been laid in my consciousness to hold that and to wield it with the responsibility that it comes with. Because no, like knowing, knowing how to manipulate energy and knowing how to work with the quantum field it's kind of like a hammer in the sense that a hammer can build a house and a hammer can destroy somebody's hand. And so it's how do we want to use it and where do the ethics and morals come in a place of like, who's able to access it. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. Adept of self-trust, cultivated consciousness, uh, maturity and wisdom, and wisdom to me, I, to, I see wisdom as spiritual maturity. It, it's knowing, you know, when to step forward, when to not. But if you have a bunch of, you know, toddlers or people that are in spiritual infancy thinking that they're masters wielding this kind of power, it's wildly destructive and horribly traumatizing, especially to wounded people that are looking for guidance. The huge shadow side in the new age industry and, and these kinds of workshops and all sorts of stuff. You have to use your discernment. You have to, have to, have to. Yeah. Makes sense. Lots of caution. Don't go in. Was they say where where angels fear to tread? <laughs> I think it's a lot of people think they they're more powerful than angels and treading everywhere. Yeah. That's yeah, beautiful. Well, so a lot like a lot of the my own personal history in this body there has been a lot of dark nights of the soul and there have been a lot of ego deaths. I had some mm. early childhood trauma, some um, sexual traumas in my early adolescence that like I just locked up, didn't tell anybody about, manifested in addictions. Uh, I've seen my friends, you know, almost kill themselves with alcohol. I've been, you know, been to Al-Anon I was too prideful to go to AA, so I chose Bikram Yoga and sorted my stuff out <laughs> a different way. But there's there's a part of those life experiences that I have had that one, they they've they've built a different kind of resilience within me and a different kind of like no nonsense, like it either is or it isn't. There's none of this like airy fairy shenanigans in between. And simultaneously I do believe that in treading in that much darkness and seeing that much manipulation and being able to identify it 
and don't get me wrong, my naivety has been taken advantage of in some of the worst ways. And so to forgive those experiences has also curated a different sense of like loving compassion within my own heart and within my own existence. Um, but simultaneously, what I say is, is I believe in part that I have been gifted and been able to access the light codes within myself because the light codes are a divine remembrance that our soul already has access to. And so if our heart is blocked, the codes aren't going to come through. So that healing and heart healing will also open that. And most people don't want to do the healing. They like want the codes because the codes are cool. But what it takes is going through the dark night of the soul, understanding who you are as a spirit and really like heaping and heaping, heaping heavy, heavy, heavy doses of forgiveness in, in some big ways where we don't want to budge. Um, and so being able to experience that level of darkness in this world, I really believe is part of what has anchored my consciousness to be able to carry the light that I'm carrying and to be able to emanate the light that I, that I emanate. And I've earned it. I've definitely mm. earned it <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. Got the scars. So, so you say dark night of the soul. Some, some people not quite understand that term. Do you, do you want to explain it? how you understand that sure um well part of my path came i have a degree in psychology and i was always very curious about jungian psychology uh, transpersonal psychology like the woo that we couldn't explain i felt psychology really let me down when i learned that with schizophrenia there was no explanation they just put people on lithium i was like that's clearly a spiritual ailment like why are we not paying attention to this um so anyway that's why i chose the path of a psychic rather than psychologist um, the dark night of the soul, I think was really first introduced by Carl Jung. And it is, you know, we go through life and it's like, la, 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 everything is great. Oh, that kind of hurt. Meh, I don't like that person. Meh, I want this lip gloss, like whatever. It's like, you know, things are nice. And then, and then something happens. Life happens. There's a death in the family. Um, you get caught up in addictions, some type of an abuse comes your way that you weren't expecting, especially as an empath, the empath narcissistic relationship dynamic. There's a whole category of healing that pattern because of how prevalent it is. Um, and so these dark nights of the soul can get triggered. And what I'll also say as being I have felt that since my early 20s, I knew that my life purpose was to facilitate as many awakenings on this planet as I'm capable of doing. Um, and so I've seen a lot of awakenings. I've participated in a lot of awakenings. I've evoked a lot of awakenings. They often happen through a dark night of the soul. And like we as humanity through the panini that I lovingly call it, we all went through a dark night of the soul together, which was facing the depths of the shadows and the underbellies of what is already in existence, but has been coming to light. And so that's really the dark night of the soul. It, it's going in to what I would say is like the underbelly of the soul's existence. When we start channeling past lives or when you start remembering your past lives, you will watch yourself murder people. You will watch yourself being the manipulator. You will watch yourself being the villain in people's stories in ways that you can't really fathom. And if your consciousness isn't ready to lean into the forgiveness of the acceptance of, oh, that's what is and that's what was, and I can actually reconcile and clear that karma now, it can literally spin people into like points of psychosis. These kundalini yoga classes and like things where people like, I want to get into like the kundalini, haha. If, if a person, and same with breath work, if a person does not have a very balanced and grounded solid footing of their own psychology, psychological development, it can literally trigger psych, experiences of psychosis. And it can literally trigger like serious mental breaks. And at that point, you need a professional to help move you through it. And so these dark night of the soul experiences can be these places where there's a lot of fear there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of self-doubt. There may be thoughts of suicide. And oftentimes the thoughts of suicide aren't actually that a person wants to take themselves out. They think they do. And those feelings are there and they are alive and well. But ultimately what's happening is an ego death. And that ego death is that there's a massive part of the identity 
which is not in association with the soul. So the dark night of the soul is that the soul wants to express, but what has to happen is the underbelly of that shadow and the underbelly of the density that is existing in the consciousness of the soul must start coming up and coming through to be able to be expressed and transmuted into light, which is why these dark nights of the soul often evoke awakening and evoke these pieces of remembrance and almost like force us into compassion and force us into forgiveness because you essentially get backed into a corner where you have no other choice. Like you have no other choice but to let go. And that that is like deeply uncomfortable, horrible, like not fun life experience, but it's also one of those like hindsight all said and done, worth it. Yeah. And do you think it's a, a one shot thing or do you have many dark nights of the soul? Many, yeah. many, many. Yeah. And I would say they're in varying degrees. And the the term like dark night of the soul and ego death, I wouldn't necessarily use synonymously, but they are they're like brother and sister. They're they're so close in what the experience is, but they're just a little bit different in how they manifest and how we feel the ego death. Like when people say, I thought I was going to die or I died on that hill or like it, it, it literally is the languaging of that. It, that is what the ego death is. It's that there's a part of you that absolutely and completely dissolves. And that part is a part that is not meant to go with you when you are ascending. So when you are ascending in form and when you are ascending in consciousness and when you are embodying new and more light, there are parts of that egoic identity and the immature parts of the egoic identity that must be transformed. And it turns into an ego death when the person is resisting the transformation. Mm. And it doesn't have to be intense and it doesn't have to be dramatic and it doesn't have to be chaotic. I do my best to teach through as much joy and as much laughter as I possibly can. Like I do my best to bring people into the deepest, darkest corners and throw out a corny ass joke and get them to laugh because it's like when we go into those pockets and we bring laughter and joy and amusement, like we say healing has happened where it's like, oh, at least we can laugh about it now. It, that's mm -hmm. when we know that we have actually transmuted the experience rather than there's a psychosomatic like response in the body when we think about it. And I'm not talking like maniacal laughter that is a, a dissociation. I'm talking like actual genuine, like, woo, that one was, what a ride that was, you know, it's different than like, ah, like distortions and trying to dissociate. Um, but yeah, that I would say that is the difference and kind of experience of the dark night of the soul and the ego death. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I wish there'd been some bit more laughter in my dark nights of the soul. I, I think mine were the deeper, darker ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, they it's usually are. Yeah, it was beautiful. You can hold space for people and, and make it a bit more, a bit more fun, a bit more joyous. Oh man, I've just been through. I've been through so much of it, and I've and I've. When I was young, because I stepped on my path in my early twenties, still wildly addicted, still like having as much fun as I possibly can. Dean's list honor roll, but like just pushing the burning the candle at both ends and pushing it as far as I could. And ultimately that's where I was like, there has to be more to life. Like I can't be on the Dean's list and be like going this while and out on the week. Like there just has to be something else. I couldn't have like broke the system doing what they say you can't do at this age. Um, and so when I stepped onto my, my healing path, I still like, I like intensity. I like intense people. I like Bikram yoga. I like fast motorcycles. I, I like intensity. It's something that excites me. And so I used to heal by, you know, oh, like, okay, here, here's the psychological like construct, the egoic structure that's created an identity and a whole belief system and a whole blah, blah, blah. And it's all hogwash. Like it's all been like just constructed from trauma. So I would just like start rug pulling and I would rug pull, but then as I would rug pull, my healing journey was so 
it was so screwed up. Like it was, it was like, it was almost as traumatizing as the experience itself. And I think that's where some people get onto the path of healing. They go through their first ego death or dark night of the soul or shadow reconciliation, their first bit major phase of transmutation. And it's like, it's traumatizing and it's scary and it's intense and it sucks. And you're crying on your bed and you're losing your friends and like just shit is going crazy. And it, sucks and i did enough of that like i did years of that and then facilitating other people's healing i started to see how they were healing and how they were healing differently i i'm the way that i teach is not this is how i do it i'll be like these are some of the ingredients they may help you but i believe that all of us already know how to heal ourselves all of us already know how to access our clairvoyance all of us already know how to access our psychic abilities. To me, psychic abilities are like thumbprints. We all have a different encoding. I have like zero accuracy in the baby field, baby gender, baby dates, baby this. Can I communicate with the spirit of the baby? Yes. Cause I'm a medium, but when it comes to the other stuff, like zero accuracy, my encoding is more business centered and business oriented and like idea doula, like business doula. Okay. This is how you're going to do it. Here's the plan. And this is like the creation thing. So psychic abilities are all like thumbprints. So if I'm trying to teach somebody, well, this is how you see and read a business plan. And this is how you see the potential in a human being, but their specialty and their association in their lane is literally babies and doula and midwifing. They just have a different encoding. And so if they're trying to do things in the way that I'm teaching them in the, in the way that I see business, it's it's kind of like, It'll create a belief that they don't know what they're doing, but ultimately it's just simply because that's not their specialty. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was trying to go into, I just like this as an example, the baby like Avenue and I'm getting like zero accuracy, it's going to shred me with doubt. And I'm going to go, well, I don't, I'm not psychic because I don't have that, blah, blah, blah. but that's just not the case. If I have like, you know, above 90% accuracy on these other things, I know how to help people heal and I know how to help people create a business, but there's just this like avenue, you know, someone comes to me with a baby question. I'm like, talk to my sister, like talk to somebody else. (laughs) That's not me. Um, So like that, in that sense, our abilities all show up so differently. And at the end of the day, it really, really, really comes down to self-trust and Mm -hmm like i said like learning to heal and learning to develop the abilities it does not have to be a dramatic sort of thing we as humans like the dramatic sort of thing because then it means that we have earned it and that it it like you know makes it more tangible but you can literally walk through the gateway of opening your clairvoyance by going like i'd like to open my clairvoyance i'd like to expand my capacity to see and that's as simple as it is but some people like the ritual and the drama and the story and, you know, the lightning and all of that. And like, is that all there? For sure. It'll be there as you continue to ascend, undoubtedly so. But there are certain things that they it doesn't need that. And so in my own maturity, getting older, like I don't, I don't want the rug pulls anymore. And so that's where I've learned, okay, well, we can do the depth of the healing of the core wounds and we can go into those trauma pockets and we can go into those absolutely horrible memories that we don't want to remember. But ultimately, if there are pieces of ourselves that are fragmented in time, which is often the case, then it is important to go back and recollect those parts of ourselves. And so if we do that and, and we're meeting the energy of the space where we're just in that dark space of depression and trauma and whatever the psychological situation is that's going on and we meet it at that energy we actually don't heal and so if we can go and we can bring light and yes have sincerity in what we're doing and then come out of it and to lighten the mood as we're connecting start laughing then it will help to bring that frequency up and it'll actually integrate like instantaneously so that's also that's that's years of experience of figuring out how to do it easily you know, it's like watching a Cirque du Soleil. You're like, oh, they make it look so easy. And it's like, you know, 10 years of falling on their face and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like mastery, that. It's mastery, isn't it? You, you've, you've done the, the at least 10,000 hours of it. Therefore, you know. At least. You, you, at, at least. 
I, I, actually, <laughs> I, did, I did the math on it like two days ago. I got my calculator out. And so 10,000 hours over the course of 10 years is essentially two and a half hours a day. By that mm -hmm. measurement, I am like well over, well over with readings, with channel teachings, with meditations, you know, with video, whatever it is. So yeah, yeah. doing that number made me feel pretty feel good about myself. Galactic, feel the galactic master. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Something like that. I know I'm here to do important things. It's just getting out of my own way. It's always the way that it's the human thing, isn't it? We're, we're all in our own ways. Cool. So, I mean, there's and, so many fun distractions here, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. That's why we came into this meat suit, wasn't it, to enjoy that? <laughs> <laughs> so and, any any last sort of uh, things? Any if, if somebody asked you the question, like, what's one thing you could tell the audience to, what, what would you tell them? There's one snippet from all of, all of that mastery that you have. What's one there, thing? There's two. One is, two things, <laughs> yeah, it's trust yourself implicitly. Mm. Trust yourself implicitly. Yeah. Someone's trying to convince you of something. Like my dad, my dad always taught me never trust someone that tells you trust me. Because if someone has to convince you to trust them and that it isn't there innately, something's off. The other, the other thing is if something's off, it's off. If you have a feeling something is off, it's off. Don't move, observe. Sit back, don't move, observe and watch because the truth will be revealed in time. That's the beautiful thing about time. It always reveals truth. The third is <laughs> 100,000 times over believe in yourself. Believe in yourself, believe in yourself, believe in yourself. And if you want to be an expert at something, hire somebody who is a mentor that is in that area because it will shortcut you years of trials and tribulations. And that mm. that is for anything. Fitness, digital marketing, funnels, psychic development, whatever it is. Hire somebody that has made the mistakes that will shortcut your journey exponentially. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks may I also, me. may I share some codes? I feel to, to yeah. share some like transmission. Why not? You know, Why we're not? here. Why Let's not? Do it. <laughs> All right. Yotranaya uapua siakana haak yotrunuaya iwatu anai ayakua sutreya nia ak yatrai iwaha anaya iwapu uasatranaya iakia ha anaya iakia trunua oatranaya iakunuku. So the prayer that's coming through has to do with um, activating the genetic encoding that holds the memories to dragon energies as well as angel energies. So wherever that resonance is to the person here that is listening, allowing that those memories to just gently arise. You're not looking for them. You're just simply allowing yourself to be in that state. There we go. <laughs> oh. I felt that. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, it's Re received. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, I hope you sleep well tonight and that it, you know, shows up in your dream space. Uh, but it's been an honor to connect with you today. Thank you so much for this. It's been beautiful. Thank you very much. Absolutely.